0: My name is Carrie Ginger, and I am your host of No Better, Live Best. My guest today is the founder of Harris Robinette Beef. Patrick Harris enlightens us on the process of the incredible amount of work that goes into the food before we put it on our plates, how he differentiates himself from his competition, and my favorite, why quality sourcing and transparency is important to him. Know Better Live Best is dedicated to supporting food and health literacy in people of all ages. Our mission is to cut through the misinformation surrounding food, health, and nutrition because we believe that when people know better, they can make the right choices and live their best lives. We are presented by Biteable Foods. They use blockchain and Internet of Things technology to build traceable, transparent food systems because it shouldn't take an investigative journalist to find out where food comes from. Hi, I am here with Patrick Robinette. Hi Patrick, thanks for joining me today.
1: Hey, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. Well, it's really cloudy, but it's Saturday morning and I love that. So. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> anyway, super happy to have you here. So we're just gonna dive right in. So okay. I want you to tell us about your company. I'm just gonna let you describe it and how you got started and your big why.
1: Okay, uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, we are uh, Hair Robinette Beef uh we're a 100 percent grass-fed beef um operation located in north carolina um and uh, how i got started was actually because of adhd uh, i knew that growing up that i could not have a job that i needed to be stuck at a desk doing the same thing every day i couldn't do it um and so um i grew up uh my dad was in the military and we moved around a lot and uh I had um, found my love and passion in agriculture. Um, and then to kind of, uh, uh, we, I worked for a couple ranches uh, and, and later in, in high school and then went into college knowing that I was gonna be an agriculture major. Um, and then I uh, met my wife who grew up in a farming, uh, row crop farming family. Um, uh, she is, uh, fourth generation on the farm. Uh, the farm was, uh, founded in the early, early 1800s. So it's actually classified as a century farm. And, uh, so, um, we had moved to the Midwest and managed, a feedlot out there. Um, and then, um, my father-in-law got sick and Mm -hmm. he couldn't run the farm no more. He, you know, he was struggling with things. And so we, uh, moved back. But the deal between my wife and I was when we moved back, I was going to be around cattle and uh, <laughs> cattle is not normally a, a livestock industry in North Carolina. So I was like, I'm going to find cows. And, uh, but then things kind of really got very interesting in how it laid out. Um, an old mentor, of mine, friend of mine over at NC state, and I went lunch and uh, he said, uh, he said, you really need to look at grass fed beef. And this was in 2000, you know, before it was cool and before everybody was doing it. And I had some reservations until I started looking at it. And I was like, this is what we do out in Midwest. We don't feed commodity commodities except for in the feedlot. And I was like, well, this ain't so bad. And um, and so we've transitioned through the years, but that's the basis of it, ADHD. And My wife uh, is what we do, uh, where we're at and how we, how we've uh, gotten here.
0: I love people's stories and yours really resonates with me. I'm a kindergarten teacher myself, as uh-huh. I told you earlier. And you know, you see these students and it's a struggle, ADD, yes. ADHD. And you know they're gonna do great things in life. You know yes. it. It's just the actual aspect of school. And it's yes. and I'm sure I we've come a long way in teaching as well. We find ways to make it easier. And as you you know, there's mm-hmm. just different things we can do and um Ways to sit and getting up, and I love it all, and just trying to help that student achieve their potential because you know down the road they're going to achieve the greatest yep. things more than we could imagine. And look at you, here you are, you're we, just, you know proof of that.
1: We laugh about it. Uh, I did a, a interview before, and I told a person that I said, "Yeah, I got ADHD," and I says before they had medication, all we got was a bubble cup. <laughs> 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 but it's rather funny how. Yeah, you're labeled with a a problem.
0: Mm-hmm. But the
1: problem is, is that we think so different. My wife brings that up all the time. She's yeah. like, "How did you end up there?" And I was like, "Well, you see, and that's how it all started." <laughs> and my son, he always talks about. He says he he describes it as um, that uh, his brain is a race car and it's going around the track. He said, every once in a while, you got to make a pit stop and that's to sleep. But then you're going to go 200 miles an hour around the track. And so, anyhow, that's how he portrays the problem. Right. But, but I mean, you know, it, it is what it is and you've got to figure out how to deal with it. And my way of dealing with it is looking at the cattle industry and saying, okay, what's wrong with it? How do you fix it? And then having that energy and that different thinking to be able to get out of the box and so
0: well it's just yeah. turning into like solution focused i love that it's yes. like there's this problem that's you know great yes. we can complain about it all we want what are we going to do about it well that's and true yeah getting the job done that's what you're doing
1: mm-hmm. so i
0: have to ask so your wife grew up around farming was yes. she happy when she met you and found out that that's what you wanted to do as well or was that did she want to get away from it was she happy to be digging back in
1: that's actually a funny story. So there's three things that my mother-in-law preached to my wife. Uh, number one, do not live off the highway. Uh, number two, don't marry somebody that are fall in love with somebody that hunts. And number three, don't get involved in agriculture. Um, and and it, it, it's rather funny that that's how all that worked out. But, but you, you also got to go to the root of it and the root of it is that's what our generation's parents are who are in ag culture are telling their kids don't come back um Mm -hmm. a lot of it is they can't afford to come back um that means they have to grow it means you got to get more in debt that means you got to get more equipment more land don't come back and uh stay clear of it and um and in the eighties and the early nineties was really hard in agriculture with interest rates and in markets and quotas. And uh, there was all this stuff. And so, yeah, that was, that was the interesting thing because that's what my wife was preached on every (laughs) day. And then she met me. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, it was by coincidence. Um, I was at going, uh, it was, uh, she lived in one dorm room across from me, or dorm building across from me. Um, and, uh, you know, and we met uh, the first day of the State Fair. We attended the State Fair every day and never been apart since 23 years later. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it is one of those, it is one of those that was not her intention in life. <laughs> But and and, and it and it really and it resonates and it resonates in the early days and and I know uh, we'll probably talk about the business side of things, mm-hmm. but uh, you really don't know, you know, where your income's coming and and you know and so it it, it there's challenges from a family standpoint and everything but but again thinking differently and stuff. Um, allowed us to continue to plow through all of this um and to develop where we're at um and to have some realizations in life and um and so um but yeah it's uh no this was not her intention <laughs> uh and my father fusses at me every day because he spent every year he, he, and it, again you guys think we're not too far into having tractors uh, my father law farmed with mules uh, mm-hmm. in his uh, early years of farming, and you know, and he's out there. Uh, it was a complete row crop farm. We converted it over to a pasture land, um, so we're planting grass in the same fields where he was having a hoe in his hand, having chopped grass, and so it, it's just a constant battle in our house. But uh, but yeah, had, had a harder. <laughs> It, 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 just
0: <laughs> one of those <laughs> arguments. Oh, yeah, that's what it, I had to do now.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. My, my son always steps back, my father and I just, you know, we just have a different opinions mm-hmm. and I have to remind him who's, at, who's the one at risk and you know, and, and then he stops, but then he has his opinion. And it's like, ah, you know, let's just move on. I got a lot to do. So, but it is yeah. what it is. Um, oh, awesome. so yeah.
0: So what, what's a day in your life like? Cause I can only imagine, I know you had said, um, and I read up on you too, that no day's ever the same, which is perfect no. for you.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't get bored. Um, right. <laughs> I don't get bored at all. Uh, day in life, uh, is, uh and and, that that's really interesting now. Um, we've kind of transitioned over time and a day in life would be nothing but farm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, you know, but we simplified the production, and that's what's so funny. Like we have people that that are like, "Hey, can we come to the farm and see, you know, see the operation?" And I'm like, "Well, you're going to be disappointed." And they go, "Why?" I said, "It's cows and grass." I said, "There's nothing to it. There's no, <laughs> there's no like major machinery and no big processes. It's cows and grass." Um, and, you know, so we simplified that whole process, and and that was the other side to it, and the business side to it. Um, I literally looked at this whole production system and said, you know, every time a cow reaches down and eats a blade of grass, that's making money. Every time I have to turn a key, that's costing money. Mm -hmm. And so like I work to limit the whole costing piece. And so like transitioning cows to do nothing, eat nothing but grass and and, and to to gain off nothing but grass. Cut our feed time down, you know, to nothing. They're eating right now. They're feeding themselves. Um, going and converting into our fertilizer program. What we're doing uh, means that we're not running tractors four or five times a year. Um, you know, Mother Nature and the cows are basically doing it now. Um, so, so, but, but at the same time, it's still a, it's still working a sixteen-hour day because I've transitioned over into other things, Uh, government regulations. Uh, We own our own USDA facility Um, and having to deal with government regulations and inspectors and and things like that. Um, uh, Marketing, uh, meeting with customers. Um, Unfortunately, I don't get to play with cows as much as I used to. Um, And hopefully we're going to get back to that that time that I can um but uh but we're uh but yeah now it's just de- dealing with regulations um m- mapping out how we do things differently how do we solve you know we haven't solved problems because nobody has run across situations that we run across mm-hmm. um we uh I have a one chef friend of mine he says you know people normally ride the wave uh, you know it, the trend wave. He said, "Patrick, you're out paddling out ahead of it." And and, and and that was so resonating. And there's a lot of things that we're figuring out, and we don't have people to lean on to to get there. You know, to, right. to make that solution. So mm-hmm.
0: just all, it's all those <clears throat> back things you have to do that we're not aware of. <laughs> I mean, it really yes. is. You just you don't you just the food's on your table, and. Yeah. You, you start eating because that's what you do around, you know, supper time, dinner time.
1: That's but right.
0: A lot of us don't understand all the hard work I know that goes into that. And yep. you there's certain probably, precautions, and steps you need to take to keep your animals safe. Because I know, you know, yes. hurricanes and things like that. Can you describe that a little bit of maybe things you need to do?
1: Yeah. Um, so, um, we've, uh, so, so sometimes I get to be a little smart about it uh, had some lady <laughs> the week before this hurt we've you know you know we just had this hurricane come through and she said uh she said what are you going to do with all the cows and that's like you know and i just having one of those moments where i can't believe i'm just going to take five minutes to have to explain this and, and i blurted out that uh i rented a uh, uh i have a contract with greyhound and they go around pick everyone up and they bring them over to the house and then she looked at me <laughs> And I was like oh, I got to back up. Um listen, it, the problem is is that we have to do the best that we can and, mm-hmm. and and the one thing about it is North Carolina farmers right now and even South Carolina farmers we're taking a beat, livestock farmers we're taking a beat right now from uh, general public. Um, we got we we got to, we got to mitigate our risk, we got to do what we can. Mm-hmm. Um, now we learned a lot of lessons in Matthew. Um, just two years ago, we got slammed with a hurricane um, and having to deal with this. And we really haven't had time to, to recoup. We, we had time to put Band-Aids on the situations. and But I mean, when you're losing money and then two and then two years later, you're losing more money. It, it just, you haven't had time to recoup. But um, so what we've done is like, we we mitigated our situation in that um, we know what areas really really flood move those animals out we know what areas of the farms will flood so move those animals up to higher ground but here's the other problem prior to the flooding comes the wind and so Mm -hmm. then you got to get these animals into sheltered areas uh which might not be where the flooding areas are It, it there's just a lot of moving parts transitions Pre-positioning hay. Um, we have uh, farms that we're running hay to right now uh, because the pasture land is destroyed. Um, and in trying to keep things maintained. Um, you know, we're only two weeks into this ordeal, um, so it's still raw and new. Um, okay. But um, but at the same time, the thing that people need to know is farmers are resilient. We're going to fight it. Tomorrow is a new day. and uh, But at the same time, we also all have to recognize, too, that a lot of these problems are not our problems. Mm-hmm. Or or not our, no, it is our problem. It's not our fault, I meant to say. And here's what I mean. Because of urban development, there's new places that are flooding that never flooded before. Oh. Oh. There's new directions and see, this is the thing nobody talks about. This is, mm-hmm. this is that, that, that freaking mind of mine that when I sit here and can have conversations with people who were born on farms and were rent these farms or, or bought farms, but you're talking to community members and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah the water's going to come from over that way. And then you're looking and the water's coming from another way. And it's like, wait a second, how did that happen? We've changed you know cities are only worried about cities and that becomes a problem because they're not worried about the downhill part and there is more pavement today and less dirt to soak up um Mm -hmm. the water now at the end of the day we got to realize we had 24 inches of rain drop on my house in a three-day period Mm -hmm. like there's nothing you can do about it. No. No, this is not our fault. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. But, uh, but, but at the same time, there was 24 inches of rain that dropped on in cities and that water just running down the pavement. Um, but it's coming from different directions. The other problem that we're seeing, and one of the things that we're, we're big about is uh, wildlife ecology and wildlife management, conservation ecology. And, uh, and, uh, a lot of our policies that we've had in place not wanting to dive into politics but we got to get the realization our creeks our streams are choked with dead trees and Mm -hmm. stuff that came from cities settlement um uh we uh my son and i trout fish and we go to mountains and there's even even right now there's sand that is in rock beds Where did that sand come from? It didn't come from that area. It came from somewhere else. But now it's a degradation of ecology, but it's urban development. And so we get into these situations where people are fussing at us. And in some regards, we have to take the blame. Right. Right. But at the same time, guys, it ain't us.
0: Mm -hmm. It ain't all of us. And, and so. It's so important for us to be empathetic and understanding of everyone's, you know, problems yes. with the 30 of their jobs, because everyone has them. And we can't just say, why aren't you doing this? Or how would this happen? It's yes. life, life happens. You can't yes. stop it. You can't stop these storms, these hurricanes from coming.
1: So one of the things that uh, that I like to let our customers know is this. I had to know that you and I were going to talk three years ago. It took three years from the time that we got that cow inseminated to the time the calf is born, to raising it, to harvest it so that you can eat it. It's three years. You know, and I and we do, uh, we, we talk to youth all the time and we always say, you know, because the youth is, to, to, you know, our life, a lot happens in three years, but it's not as traumatic at times. The kids, oh my God, you know, in five minutes I just broke up with a boyfriend or girlfriend and it's like, "Ah!" so but anyway, that's what I always lead in with is how many boyfriends and girlfriends have you had in three years? How much has your life changed in three years? That's the block of time from the time that the calf was the cow was disseminated to the time that we're eating. And I don't know of any farmer that really likes to lose like they're losing right and <clears throat> get to that understanding um farmers do what they gotta you know do, do a lot of times in 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 you know the contract business and all of that it, it's it's i'm not in agreement with it but i can't look at my neighbor and look down on them because sometimes you got to do what you got to do because the world is not easy on us
0: No, no, and i think you're probably always taking flack and you know hard questions and wondering what you're doing and why you're doing that and why aren't you doing it this way but they're not in the business
1: yes you know you don't have any time yeah we 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 talk to people all the time uh uh like animal uh animal rights groups or Mm. these certification deals and and they're like well you need to be doing this and i'm like do you realize the five other problems that you had just caused well we don't care about those problems we care about this and i'm like but what about the other problems and so that's where again we spend the time and we spend the money let's okay let's try to satisfy your concern while fixing the other concerns you know and i'm one about dialogue i'm one about diff diversities and you know and uh, I love it. I, have gotten myself into some wonderful, uh, places in life. And it just, my wife, my wife and my kids look at me and scratch their heads. My wife <laughs> drug tests me at least twice a month <laughs> just to make sure. Um, but, uh, but no, we're all, you know, I, I you, know, I'm all the time looking at, what look, look, I'm willing to listen and I'm, I, you know, I'm, uh, uh, to, to, uh, to counteract what my third grade teacher wrote on my report card that my wife found, uh, it says Patrick doesn't play well with others, and that's perceived that way. But in really reality of life, you know, we're, we're sitting here, and, you know, I might disregard something that is said at this time, but it's because i got to get five other steps in place first before I can put attention to that listening to customers, listening to opposition has made us who we are and in, in what our beliefs are. Um, it tells our story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just that person.
0: Well, you just seem very transparent to me. It's kind of like what you see is what you get. So yes. if you're gonna ask a question, you're gonna get the answer. And like you said, you may get you know down the road a little bit more as you get everything in place, but if you're gonna ask the question, don't get upset if you don't like the answer. I'm Well,
1: that's what right. so talking about talking about transparency. Uh, <laughs> this required a drug test. Um <laughs> I had heard that an animal rights group was talking about the horrors of animal slaughter. They were going to give a speech on it. And I and I disappeared. And I didn't tell nobody you know where I was going. I but I went and I sat in the back of the room and I listened. And uh, afterwards, I went up and I introduced myself to him, and uh, by name, not that I owned a facility, but I introduced him by name. I said, "Have you ever seen it?" "Well, no." "Do you want to see it?" "So, well, nobody will let us in." I said, All right. "I said, give me two, you know, two concessions without any prejudice, and I'll let you in." And he said, "What's that?" I said, "Number one, you got to give me forty-eight hours' notice." Just for the simple fact that I need to rearrange my schedule, so I'm there with you. Not trying to hide nothing, change mm-hmm. nothing. Just that's all. That's the you know. Okay, well, I said. Uh, second of all, you're not. You're going to be searched for a transmittal recorders. I said. You know, the problem is, is that pictures don't tell the full story. Always, mm-hmm. um, there is bad in the industry. I'll admit it, but it's bad because there's human beings involved and humans are not perfect Mm -hmm. um but you know so i was like i'm willing to show you but show you in a in a in a in a proper manner so they agreed didn't say a word nobody they came uh we brought them on the on the slaughter floor and scared the crap out of them But at the end of the day, we were able to have that conversation that we, you know, again, let's go back. I have time and money invested for three years. I'm not gonna ruin my last five seconds of this whole operation. I don't. we're not proceeding, we're not gonna go and try to do that. Uh, We're gonna do everything we can not to do that. Um, But also we pay honor and, 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 and glory to the cows. They're providing us nutrition. Um, we don't want them to move on and, and, and then it all go to waste. We want to, you know, pro- utilize everything we possibly can. And so and then it didn't allow us the other conversation, too. 96% of the population still eats meat.
0: Mm -hmm. you can
1: fight all you want to fight and you can throw all the money you want to throw at it. They still eat the meat. So the best thing in life can be to, um, support those who you agree are doing it right. Because every time you eat a piece of meat and it's ours and it's for a meal, that meal never happens again. And you affected the people who are, Controlling our food system right now, and that's how you extract change because once that meal happens. It's never happening again And in and when you miss that opportunity over and over and over and over again That's how you extract change Let's have this dialogue. Let's have the diversity. Let's have the dialogue, but let's be real about and be transparent We throw open doors. My wife has a uh, vision (laughs) <laughs> you know, again, I don't want this to be misconceived in, in what I'm about to say, but to give you an illustration, she she wants her facility to be like a car wash where the wall is a glass window, and you can come and stand and look at any point at any time because th- that's the part that, that everybody gets into hindrance about. But let's be transparent 100% of the time. going to cost too much money at this point in time. But, I mean, that's that's literally our vision in life. And so I don't know that Cargill, Smithfield, or any of them that are willing to do something like that. We are. Um, right. Right. You know, let's throw open the doors.
0: Well, I think it makes right. people feel safer, feel better about what they're consuming when they know right. there's no secrets. Exactly. And
1: that's a big deal to me. Yes. Okay. I mean, you're exactly right. Food tastes better. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's like you can manipulate, not manipulate, you can change the flavor, texture, everything with food by getting to know the person. Um, it's, there's, there's part of that is a subconscious, you know, situation going on. Oh,
0: I absolutely agree absolutely agree with that because food yes, is really right. good something it's been a big push for me and when I'm consuming what I know is good for me and um, possibly also knowing where it came from it, it does it just tastes different mm-hmm. you feel good yes.
1: <laughs> yes 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 yes
0: is there um, anything else you went into a lot about the beef production and what many consumers don't know is there anything else mm-hmm. that maybe we as consumers don't know about the beef production that you would like them to know
1: It is probably, and I'm probably gonna get tons of hate emails Mm -hmm. when I say this. It is probably the most hardest. There's another word that I wanna use other than corrupt and I can't think of it, but not necessarily corrupt, but controlled. Mm industry out of all of ag culture it is absolutely amazing to me how um well first of all let's look at it from this way and, and let, let's let's let everybody put themselves into their personal situations um we have a we have a 80 89, 90, 91% conception rate. It takes nine months to have a calf. Um, It takes, and then out of that, then you got the, you know, you have a 2% loss, either at birth or before weaning. So 2% of that won't make it. Um, so think about the time and money that is put into it just to get to the end. And then on top of that, now you got to deal with government regulations. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things I was thinking about was like people want all these certifications and stuff. This is my rule book that I got to play in every day. Every page front and back has to deal with some government regulation dealing with animal slaughter Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and processing and further processing. I have to satisfy all of this in order for you to eat.
0: I'd say but for those that it. aren't watching, it's a pretty thick book.
1: <laughs> it is is <laughs> tremendous. And and it literally gets into that whole at any point in time human being that we fail at one section or one code. It can be thrown away. We still haven't gotten to where you eat.
0: Right. The business side really, is so overwhelming.
1: It, 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 my wife, my wife, when we first opened up our facility, because I, uh, we separated our operations, uh, so I deal with the cattle side and she deals with the, um, with the uh, facility side, she'd sit here and she would cry. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'd come in, I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and she's like, I am overwhelmed. And, it, and you know, the first day that we were open, there was seven individuals with white hats that said USDA on it. There's no trial run. You've got to know what you're doing when you do it. And each one of these people represented a different department. And at the end of the day, they could all just say, somebody could say, nope, I'm not satisfied. And then you're done. It is like overwhelming. So like people need to understand from a cattle production standpoint we we as an industry are not here to 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 like doing wrong intentionally um there are issues uh, but you know but i i think over time that those are the the that generations are passing on and so i think it's cleaning itself up um, but then we get into the control piece. There's five major meat packers left in the United States. We mm-hmm. in agriculture we we have uh, we have consolidated agriculture. Um, I had to laugh the other day. Uh, had a uh, a uh, news, uh, I had an email come across that you know news headline, and it said uh, that some company just bought out um sonic and i was like okay i'm 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 intrigued who's this company i've never heard of them before but then it then it listed out who the sub companies of the one is and it was arby's and buffalo wild wings and i was like i didn't have a clue arby's and buffalo wild wings was owned by the same company like we we have such in the food industry we have such a major consolidation why we go back to what we just said earlier and that is that you are, you only have one chance to to have that have your product on that plate for that meal. One chance; it never happens again. No matter how much we want to try, it won't happen again. And so, there was a growth in companies, and then all of a sudden, there was too many companies. So then, there was a consolidation of companies. There's only five meat packers left, but then five are in control of everything, um, and. And so that that's that's the piece that is that that is having to be worked on now. And those are the things that we're touching in now. Um, there is numbers of times when our beef is served at a restaurant, and then some distributor says it's not in your contract. You can't you know because we don't provide it. You can't serve it. Uh, it you know, there's marketing dollars involved, and there's beef checkoff dollars. There's, there's all grades of stuff that's involved. And uh, that's the piece that we're still not to the point where you can make your own decision on what food you eat. Somebody else is making that decision. And that's our next frontier. We figured out how to breed the cows, we, in, in increase our efficiency there. We figured out how to increase the efficiency to require less acreage. We figured out... The and processing piece, we're in a whole new frontier now and uh, in uh, rolling out new programs that are very interesting and fun, things that we haven't thought about. Um, but that's where, that that's the next piece. We got to get out of this, other people controlling us a bit
0: right i don't think i even realize there's only five um packaging places left but that's something new and i don't think a lot of the public maybe would know that or it's just me i'm not really sure no <laughs> no,
1: no you really don't because and, and that's the thing is that there's so many subsidiaries to companies that there's no like big banner that says hey this company is actually a tyson company
0: Oh, like, gotcha. You
1: know, and so, like, you see diversity out there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you're not understanding the subsidiary piece and following it all. The uh, other piece, and let's just dive right into it. I know this is a very touchy subject. Um, my son, uh, my wife is a member of the National Agri-Women's Association, and every every uh, late spring they go to Washington, D.C. for fly-in. Uh, and it's to meet uh, to develop legislate le- their legislative platforms uh, for um, agriculture across America. And uh, my son went for the first time this year with her. And uh, they've left out one of our senators' office, and he and and, and he called and, and my wife's standing right there. He said, "Hey, why did you say a senator such and such a couple of years ago?" And I said, "What? What, what are you talking about?" And uh, my wife, you can hear her laughing. He said, "What did you tell him?" And I laughed and I said, what "Are you talking about this? At, at this situation?" I, and he said, "Yeah." And I said, well, "Why did that come up? It's been four years ago." He said, "Oh, they still remember you." And uh, <laughs> and that's dealing with country of origin labeling. That here's what you don't know as a consumer, or you might know, and you might, or you might not connect it. The last person to touch your food before it's sold is the person who puts the inspection ledger on there. Those carcasses are frozen. Those carcasses are put across in in freighter ships. They're being brought in by other countries or from other countries, they're being unloaded. But once it hits America, and now we have rules for the car, for those animals be slaughtered in other countries, they do have some rules they have to play by but you don't know which steak it it is unless you get to know the farmer you don't know you look at these if steak is a steak and you don't know because it all has a usda inspection Mm ledger. and we passed the country of origin labeling act several years ago and then all of a sudden and this is probably something else going to get me in trouble (laughs) um but all of a sudden like we, we as a country started balking at it. And from the industry side, we were balking at it. Oh, do you know what the cost of changing these labels will be? I actually demonstrated to one company, I said, hold on a sec. And I uh, went in uh, FaceTime, I put them on FaceTime and I went into my processor room and I told the young lady and I said, hey, I said, can you make a correction on labels? She said, yes. And she makes the correction, she prints it. 30 seconds, I said, now what do you mean what's the cost like we have the technology uh now you know to make these changes on the fly but that was their argument they don't want to tell the truth <laughs> okay and then we got to deal with oh the wto suing us Canada's mad i don't care about canada love them to death actually I have a good friend in quebec uh, my daughter is friends with kid and uh from uh, Ontario and uh, fine you know uh, but I'm trying to eat in America you know I'm trying to live in America so when we throw out these arguments you know WTO is going to is suing us okay <laughs> um and that was my argument with my senator I literally asked him if his paycheck being a U.S. Senator was in the monetary denomination of pesos or British pound because he is not representing me Right. because he did vote to repeal the country of origin labeling act he's not representing me and that was got really into the other part of the problem in the argument this is where we really Train went off the tracks with us. Uh, He said, Well, I pulled the producers in North Carolina. Nobody called me. So you didn't pull all the producers. But then I got to thinking about it. There is actual confliction of words. He pulled producers, but he didn't pull the producers, he pulled the contract growers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: we did not sep. we're not separate the terms i will admit a contract grower is still a producer i will admit that a contract grower is still a family farm i will admit that they have the same struggles that we have but the difference of their struggle is i'm out on the island by my myself all they got to do is, is is be stewards of the animals raise them with less risk they still have risk let listen, please have that understanding. They have risk, uh, but they have a step down less risk. Okay. You know, but yeah, I mean, that's, so, it may get off on a tangent, but there is, there. there's a tremendous amount of, it, of, of things that we don't realize. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, we got to be real. We got, we, you know, The industry's got to figure out that the internet is going to tell on tell it either somebody's going to tell our story or we have to we we've got to stop this um 2003 it was it was suggested to me that uh i didn't need to do what i'm doing that uh at the end of the day either customers going to eat what we produce or they're going to starve and then I looked at him and I and I kind of chuckled. I said, "But you're not going to start because we're now a global economy." And that was in 2003. Let's fast forward. I can get anything I want at any point in time that I want. The internet made it you know made it accessible. Accessible. I can buy something here in America and I can buy it from Taiwan and it'll automatically do the conversions, currency conversions, and then it'll be shipped here. Doesn't matter. So, no, that's the wrong thinking. The thinking is, is we need to give what the customer wants, what the customer desires, be the provider, be the producer. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we also got to tell our story because somebody else is telling it for us.
0: And you've got to get the word out there because that's what happens. And it's very yes. easy to believe what you hear first.
1: Yes. And exactly. when you
0: get, excuse me, I think I'm getting a cold here. <laughs> when... You're able to get your story out there. People can see like the other side. And I think it's important to hear both. And like, okay, I can't always believe everything I hear. This is where it's coming from. And because you were talking a lot about buying things different places. What about your new direct sales model? How does that
1: work? So um, it's so funny. It's so simplistic. At the same time, we actually were doing it in America at one point in time um but we didn't realize it um so we have different platforms that we market through uh um we are you know we are approved in u.s foods we are approved in cisco we're we were approved in another company called cheney brothers as a you know distribution company guess what at the end of the day they have customers and and i can fight the fight I have to be approved in those companies and just pray that they're gonna buy from me, okay? Um, Because if, you know, because they're not gonna turn down the sale. But uh, but then um, the other thing is, is that there's always a broker involved before the distributor, there's a broker that represents you. All the food on the retail shelves, has somebody representing them? Don't, it just didn't get there, and uh, it is rather interesting because, um, from the standpoint that uh, uh, all, their job is, is to get you and get you through the door in, in in front of the the distributor to to then be able to get out on trucks. And we also got to all recognize, too, that Cisco U.S. Foods, is, as much as we want to demigod them the at the flip side to it, because of the tonnage of products they move, they do it cheaper than anybody else until we got here, till we got to this point. So in May, we rolled out on Amazon. The reason why we rolled out on Amazon was actual again thinking different. I want to know is Amazon a place where they don't play god? Remember we talked about by human nature in the in the industry, you know, humans do what humans want. They're playing god. And that's what got mad. <coughs> And I got mad because there was a distributor, or excuse me, a broker that would not rep, would not take us to a uh, our product, to a company, because he said our, our price points were too high. You have to lower the price points. You've got to get it down here. I'm, there was no way of doing it. You I was like, why don't you just, why are you playing God? Why don't you just let them make a decision? Nope, we're not going to do it. So I wondered about that. And so I went on Amazon. So. Amazon does kind of a way play, God, is it's all data analytics and, and we've, we've gotten pretty good at it now and, and we're having a fun time with it. I, I like to know why somebody buys, but there's no actual way to figure out how, why somebody buys. But what happened was when we rolled out on Amazon and our sales picked up, we got a phone call from UPS. Hey, we want to renegotiate rates with you. Well, you got to actually negotiate before you renegotiate. <laughs> like, You've you, you done messed up. You've opened up the door. Let's go for it. But I had this image in my mind of of oh my gosh, what are we doing here? Like new world. It's so funny to me that we have simplified the complicated things, but we've complicated the simple things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the things that has that was complicated has been simplified is the the UPS FedEx model um we've settled on ups why because at the end of the day they have royally just bought into what we're wanting to do and they are a legitimate partner um and at the end of the day also i demonstrated to them how many tons of ag products is not going on their trucks because we have in our mind that beef has to be in a refrigerated truck we have in our mind that it beef can only get to you one way or cucumbers or tomatoes or eggs or whatever can only get one way so what we have done is is that we have partnered with ups with shipping rates that is ridiculous and what we have done is then created an online cloud-based ordering system any restaurant, any retailer in America. Actually, better than that, anywhere in the world. Because <laughs> that's what UPS keeps to explain. I'm like, hey, can, can we get it here in this time? And they're like, anywhere in the world in 48 hours. Yeah, yeah, But what about right here? Yeah, <laughs> what part of anywhere in the world in 48 hours? I'm like, oh, okay. anywhere. I'm in so the world. anywhere. <laughs> I can go anywhere in the world. I keep saying, well, what about here? But any, anyhow, we can go anywhere in the world in forty-eight hours, max. I mean, that's the max time at a at a cost that is nominal. Um, let Let's put it this way: um, I have a restaurant. little well, back up. I have a distributor that spanked me. Was spanking me because I don't care, and. Uh, I tell them at the end of the day, you got to realize it is my job to feed my family. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to bow down to what you're saying because at the end of the day, that is my job. I have is my job to keep lights on and keep the food on the table for my family. And I'm not going to apologize for anything that I do on that. Um, But uh, had a restaurant called me and said, Are you seriously out of ground beef? No. But such and such says that you are. No. What are we going to do? They said it's going to be three weeks. I said, let's try this. This This is brand new. I said, let's try it. He got fearful because when you think about shipping beef, how much is that going to cost? The funny part about it is, He's saving 90 cents a pound from what the distributor charging him.
0: Wow. wow.
1: Significant. Here's the here's the fun part about this. Yeah, the problem with sustainability and local is, is that we have a price that is not commodity price. We need more because we're not surviving. The farmers dying. Um but that model doesn't line up with the distributor model and the broker model. The distributor is going to charge somewhere between 30 to 40%. The the broker is going to charge somewhere between two to 5%. So you put they're they're the last ones to touch it before the end user. So they're going to get their percentage first. And then they're going to tell you, this is the price that you can top out at. So the two worlds don't, they, they're 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 repelling each other. UPS is just wanting to be a driver. Now, now I don't have to invest in trucks. I don't have to invest in insurance. I don't have to invest in drivers. I don't have to invest in risk. Why? Because UPS has already done it. UPS has put more trucks on the road because of the growth and the and the further. Um 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 development of amazon and so it continues to be down getting down cheaper on top of that so that's the first thing so the first thing is is that anybody in the world can buy our beef and anybody in the world in 48 hours can get their beef max but then on top of that we have worked with ups that We are carbon offsetting every delivery. So there is a zero carbon footprint on the distribution part of you to eat. Um, So we're excited. You know, if you can't tell, like I'm, you know,
0: big smile,
1: (laughs) but it's because guess what, folks, your restaurant, your grocery store, your house you can feed yourself because right now the way it's working is is somebody unless you're shopping at the farmer's market or unless you go to somebody's farm or you don't or eat, eat mommy, you go to a co-op it's almost to this to this um degree somebody is making the decision of what options you have to buy before you get the option to buy it. people are playing god with food and so we are and and I, again it's a kind of twisted way of looking at it but it's it's the reality um but also the sustainability person can get what they need the end user to pay less for it and all ups is doing is doing their job and that is to move move stuff on their truck that's the fun Whoa. part about this
0: well it's interesting it's like outside the box of making it so simple at the same time it's like not complicating yes. things and it's working out better it's like less is more yes
1: yes it, exactly yes um we have just rolled it out the hurricane kind of messed us up in timing of everything um but um um we're having to educate a lot and that's gonna be a, that's a painful, I have to stop farming to to educate and try to get the message out. But I'm so excited in that we literally, you know, the cooler technologies are are tremendously better. We did two months of testing. We've had, we have good, good friends that um, across America That we were able to do test shipments of different weights, different size boxes to get the cost down, um, because all UPS is doing is charging on a dimensional weight, and so depending on the configuration of the box, temperatures, temperature controls. So that's where, um, so like we were putting data loggers in, and we're monitoring temperatures. We're literally sending fresh beef anywhere we want to, you know, fresh cut. Right off the cow, right to the marketplace, 48 hours. The other thing is, is that we're reducing the, the food mileage. That's the other piece about us. You know, a lot of times we talk about food miles and what we're doing is we're talking about actual air miles. We're not talking about land miles. Those are the, that was the other piece that I was understanding. You know, what's the, the statement? 1500 miles from, from the uh, from the field to the plate. It's 1500 miles from the last person that touched it to the point you know it's 3,800 34 to 3,800 with beef to get from east coast back to east coast if, if when we say grass-fed we say australia is cheaper um than american beef if we want to throw in australia If you're gonna eat, you know, a lot of people eat grass-fed beef or environmentally conscious, let's look at the mileage, 7,900 miles just to get to California. Then the mileage to your house and go by road mileage. So these are the things that we think about and that we want to have people understand. We're about sustainability. We are a for-profit business. You know, we want to survive. I have two kids, they're next generation of over century farm. But let's get the people out of our, out of our, out of our operation. Let's get these naysayers, all these people that are constantly getting, you know, they have their hand out and it's taking the food out of my children's mouth. I have good friends that are distributors. I have good friends that are brokers. I got good friends that are salesmen, saleswomen. But we don't need them any. But we kind of need them. But I mean, because if they would tell our our story, then they'll they that's what we need them for. But we don't need them to sit there and dictate based upon profitability and how much commission you're going to get over what food you get to eat. This concludes part one of the No Better Live Best podcast with Patrick Robinette. Tune into episode thirteen, where Patrick continues the conversation about quality the need for transparency in the food system, and his view on the future of farming.